so pretty clean Yeah, bands and nights are full energy From bed right here, cause they're my enemies Live and like, rate and review Your own subs and AB, couple guess two We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Can we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, London ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of her own island He's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the shells, side with the shells, side with the shells, side's what we sing With the shells, side with the shells, side Now it's a new flood the pain The shelf side, your weekly Spurs podcast. Good evening, good evening, Quab. Now, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Andrew. What's going on? Same old, same old. Lockdown living. It's not treating me too badly. How's it treating you? Yeah, it's pretty kindly, you know. Extra time with the family. It's good. Um, I'm buying way too many pairs of trainers still, and what? buying clothes that I'm not going to be able to wear anywhere. I don't know what I'm doing. To be honest with you. To be fair, you sent me a good link. I'm all over that link. I'm going to buy that Swingman jersey, so thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. No problem, no problem, no problem. You're only as strong as your squad, man. Do you know what I mean? I can't be out here just enjoying all these deals by myself. So you, you're trying to say that I would let you down? You're trying to say my swag or my drip is not drippy, as the kids would say? I'm trying, I'm trying to say you're a star player, and I want to make sure that you dress like one. I'll take that. Okay. You're still saying the same thing, but... <laughs> take that <laughs> oh man what yes, we got this yes, week yes. so this week i thought it'd be interesting um we were talking about transfers and then so we were talking like between us about interesting ways in which we can look at tottenham's past transfers and you made a suggestion about looking at tottenham's best transfers from british clubs but with a twist clubs that weren't in the premier league so we can't have bought directly from another Premier League opponent. They need to have been from a lower league championship or below. And came together with like a, like a surprising a surprising list. So yeah. Um, yeah, you compile the list. You compile the list. You want to run it down? So you just put in all the responsibility and all the blame on me. Okay, it's fine. I can take that. My shoulders, <laughs> are, they're not that, really that broad, but you know, I've got traps. So I'll take it. <laughs> I said I've got traps. <laughs> you know, you got to try. If you haven't got broad shoulders, you better get traps. Okay, so the list, the list in reverse order. Yeah. Uh, without further ado, number 10, Musa Sissoko. Number nine, Paul Robinson. Number eight, Michael Dawson. In at seven, another Michael, Monsieur Carrick, your friend. Number six, Aaron Lennon. Number five, Danny Rose. Number four, Delhi. Number three, Carl Walker. Number two, Jermaine Defoe. And no surprise, at number one, for the 11th year on the trot, Gareth Bell. Now, <laughs> did you mention that these transfers were over the last 20 years? No, but yes, they are over the um, over the last 20 years. And I think what's interesting is we wanted to look at kind of their impact, the club. Um, they were all obviously at the club for varying amounts of time. But we wanted to break down each player's contribution, 
their impact to the club, their cult status. We're going to try and do this within <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> but I think it should be an interesting. I think it should be an interesting, um, interesting exercise. So um, let's start with Sissoko, man. You've got Sissoko here, number ten. And I mean, fifth, yeah, yeah. Sissoko's at number ten because, first of all, this isn't as easy as it sounds, right? So it's not like the current Tottenham side really shop in the. Um, leagues the lower leagues that often um anymore so when we looked at these transfers if we went back 15 years or maybe 20 years we were regularly shopping in league one or not league one what is the championship now which was division two um for those old enough and we were buying players like callum davenport taking flings on players like Davenport, Simon Davies, Everton. I think they were actually the third tier. I think they were Peter Brown, the third tier at the time. And we had players Chris, like... Chris Gunter. Chris Gunter, Gear Cardiff. We had players like Andy Reid, Colin Calderwood, Nottingham Forest. I think we bought them as a pair. Uh, and players like that. I think that's where we were as a club, right? I think Reed, Reed, and, Reed, Reed and Dawson were the pair, right? Sorry, Reed and Dawson, sorry. That's right, Reed yeah, and Dawson. Yeah, they were a pair. Who did I say? Calderwood. Calderwood was before yeah. Yeah, Dawson. Yeah, he was. But also yeah, Forrest. He was Asian, <laughs> He's Asian. He was with Mabbott, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's where we were shopping. So it was interesting to look at through the transfers and see, because they weren't successful times for us, really, as a club. Um, yeah, we won a League Cup or two during the last 20 years, but it wasn't as successful as the, as we know, the current squad or the Pochettino years and some of the Harry years. So it was good challenge to go through. And this is why I feel Sissoko is in there at 10. And he's the only non-British player in there at 10. So what it looks like is traditionally when you buy players from a uh, outside of the Premier League, Spurs were looking at buying British players, um, obviously to... Mm. to to hit that quota, because obviously there is that quota, the Premier League quota, that European quota as we got into Europe. So Sissoko came in there, and Sissoko, a lot of people, he divides opinion, a bit like Marmite. We know what he's good at now. We know what he's not so good at now. Um, but what he gives us in this current squad, no one gives us. And to put it in perspective, Sissoko at 10 beats out the likes of, say, Trippier, um, your Andy Reeds, your Calderwoods, your Simon Davies, and Everton, all those players I've previously mentioned. Um, he beats Matty out Everton. <laughs> Matty Everton. Yeah. Um, he beats out those type of players. So I think it's a bit thin at 10 to 15, but certainly from 10 onwards to one, it gets it got stronger. So Sosoko's got his own song, man. And we've missed him when he's been injured. So he's in at 10. You find it, yeah, hard to argue with that. I think he's found he's found a place, he found a way to contribute, which is what's important. For He had that big price tag and a lot of expectations on him and especially what he did for France at the World Cup. So there was a lot of pressure, but he's found a way to, to make an impact on the team. Not technically the best, but he does a job that no one else can do. So I agree with that. Okay, so look at number 10. 
So before we had to do retraction next week, I think it was the Euros you're referring to, where you had the storming tournament. Oh yeah, no World Cup, yeah. Yeah, 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 Euros, yeah, Euros, Euros. Um, Yes. Um, So at number nine, we have Paul Robinson. Now, Paul Robinson was a bit of a fan favourite because, like, he came at a time where we actually hadn't had a decent keeper for a while. Yeah. Um, he was he came through with the Leeds team, um, made his name there, came England number one. He was good at making like smart saves, but he was terrible at saving long range shots. Like I remember when we were at, we went to um when we were playing United and Nanny scored from like he scored from like I don't even know from like the halfway line. Like, <laughs> it was like just outside like the the centre circle. It felt like he was miles and miles out. And it took Paul Robinson an age to get there. And it was just like, oh, we dominated large parts of that game. But typical yeah. in United fashion, we used to dominate and then lose. But to a goal like that, I was so pissed. But um, he's also, you know, one of the few keepers you can claim to have a goal to his name. Scored Premier League goal to his um, name. Yeah. Yeah. Was it against, was it against Watford? I think, I think it was, it was Watford. The long kick bounce. Yeah, I think it was Watford. Yeah, then the wind, the wind kind of took it. Yeah. What are they? Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 but um, yeah, but he's 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 always been very passionate about about Tottenham, and I respect him a lot for that. Um, his, it was a his steal decline to get a peep of his quality. Yeah, yeah it was rapid. When though. he came in, you're right. Sorry to cut you, but when he came in, no, no, right, no. he was without a doubt a strong number one. Something we'd been missing, but I just his decline is probably why he's so low. Um, yes, the climb was rapid. It was like one day he was like reliable. The next minute he was just, it's not even like he, I mean, he made errors and stuff, but it just almost felt like he was goalkeeping like with chains on. Like, yeah, every yeah. reaction just seemed a little bit too slow. And he, he just wasn't commanding. He just seemed at one point that his confidence was a little gone. So every corner, every like one on one, you just didn't really back him to do what was necessary. So, Unfortunately, yeah, it was a it was a sad ending to his career, but I think Tottenham fans will always remember him fondly, man. And even now, the way he talks about the club is really positive. And you know us, we're 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 quite we're romantics as fans. We love it when a player talks highly about us and the fan club and the and the fan base. And I think that's a common theme with some of the other guys in this list. And I think you're right. I think it's it's almost a case of what you did for Spurs, and I think how the fan base reacted to you and how much they loved you. And I think that actually has played a part in the ranking. So hence, Mr. Michael Dawson is in at eight. I think he wore his heart on his sleeve. And yeah, he wasn't the greatest defender we've ever had. But alongside Lidley King, he became better. He upped his level. Oh, yeah. And he was in. A, it was at the start of a time where we started turning the corner as a club. Yes, yeah, completely agree with that. So, and he was there. He got into the England squad, and he he was like I said, wore his heart and sleeve. Was good in the air, and was a leader. Became captain. Um, and I think he also took the place of of Woodgate, right? So yes, he also replaced Woodgate, which was like hard because Woodgate was yeah he was injury prone, but when he was playing. He was a class defender, and him. You felt really confident when Woodgate lined up with Ledley King. So to see Woodgate's demise, which was also quite rapid, and Ledley King kind of holding on. Remember, Ledley King didn't train; he just used to like walk around in the swimming pool and then turn up to play because and he was the Rose that Rose, good. Yeah, he was that good. Yeah, and 
But then Dawson was the get stuck in, head of everything away, lump it out, yeah. whereas King was more finesse. But the two of them together was the bedrock of some of our greatest Champions League nights. Um, it was at a turning point for the club. And without them at the base, without Dawson at the base of the defence with the leaking, I don't think we'd finish fourth that season and secure Champions League. And that's, I think, changed everything for the club. So yeah. he deserves his place there. He was the yin to King's yang, is what you're saying. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm going to let you take seven because he's your man. Um, yeah, Michael Carrick, man. Um, and Michael Carrick, like I've said before on this podcast, I thought was a magical midfielder. Um, I thought he was possibly... I think Michael Carrick might be one of the most underappreciated midfielders of his generation. But what he did for Tottenham was to show the value of a midfield controller in this new sense. He didn't run around make flying into tackles. He also didn't make late runs into the box and pop up with last-minute goals. He found a way to control the ball and control the game, the tempo, everything from like the centre circle. He only spent two years at Spurs. Um, he was there from... T- 2004 2006 and his in his final season saw us push for fourth and suffer that horrible lasagna gate i didn't want to talk about it but in that time watching carrick stroll around the pitch spraying passes was just a joy to watch man a joy to watch and you know he went on to do great things at united and have a great career in which he won everything domestically a player can win and he was deserving of it man he was loving it. To have picked him up from that from that West Ham side and to have built like the team around him in in a way in which that I don't think a lot of people noticed, but that midfield of Carrick and Edgar Davids was like amazing. And our whole team functioned around that that nucleus and Carrick was was special in doing so. So Jeez, yeah, I found Carrick man. as number seven. Yeah. Can I just say you went on for that Carrick for the last five minutes? Next, you're going to compare him to Chavi or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Chavi of his generation, mate. He's the he's, he's English Chavi, mate. He's the English Chavi. So, yeah, yeah no, I mean, Carrick was very good. And I think Carrick's one that literally gets in based on his quality. And then, obviously, what he went on to achieve afterwards, he has to rank highly, although he's not probably a, as high a fan favourite as the three that went before him on this list. Um, number That's six, true. Aaron Lennon. Now, Aaron Lennon, man. I think I think he's a bit of a. He's not. I wouldn't call him a legend. He's not a legend. However, he is a massive fan's favourite, and yeah. he gave great service. And I think someone like Defoe and Peter Crouch would probably rate him highly because he did put in a lot of crosses for those two. And Defoe definitely. I mean, he benefited. was he was shocking though. He was shocking when it came to crossing. He was absolutely appalling. Like, let's not let's not mess around. Like, Aaron Lennon was one of the worst crossers of the world we've seen in, like, a Tottenham team that was not mediocre and forgettable. Like, for the team to be as good as it was whilst Aaron Lennon was in it, and for him to be as shocking crossing the ball as he was, is a mystery to me. It's an absolute mystery to me. But what you can't... Like, he doesn't have a lot of goals. He doesn't have a lot of assists. But he... Got people. I mean, you all know being at White Hart Lane 
and Aaron Lennon getting the ball, everyone stood up. He didn't even have great tricks. He used to go inside, outside, inside, outside. That's what he used to do. He didn't have yeah. a step over. He didn't, he didn't have a didn't need it. With his case, the problem, the, yeah, no, the problem he, he had, and yeah, I mean, he did, everyone did stand up in anticipation when he was one-on-one. And yeah, he fainted inside, um, stepped his left foot, stamped his left foot, and then knocked it right, and it was a foot race. And invariably, he would do one of two things. He would either drill it or he would stand it up to the far post. And it was a standard up floated cross, which could easily be caught by the keeper um, if he didn't miss him out. And that was the problem with Lennon. He didn't really look up and whip a ball in when he got to the bar. Yeah, which is, which is crazy. Like When you consider that, like, we, signed, we signed him from Leeds. Leeds, yeah. Yeah, he signed from Leeds. And he was at the club for 10 years. He was yep. at the club for 10 years. And, like, I remember when he broke through, like, again, I don't think... I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he scored even 30 goals for Tottenham in, that, in the 10 years he played. And I'm, and I'm sure he didn't get, like... I'm sure he didn't get 20 assists. But the thing about him is that he made impact. Like, he made... He must have got 20 years. assists. He must have got 20 assists. Got I mean, I'd have to look it up, man, but I, I don't know. I you're gonna, saying you realise what you've just said. You're literally, yeah, you literally said he's yeah. got two, no more than two assists a season for ten years. Yeah, and I'm, he, I know he for a fact he hasn't scored more than thirty goals in ten years. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I don't think he's got assists either. Mate. I don't think he's got assists. Twenty assists. Like, he, didn't he get like five assists in that Wigan game? The nine-one. Oh yeah, which yeah, true to race scored five goals. Um... I don't know, he scored we'll, in that game. We'll, we'll we'll tweet we'll tweet out um we'll tweet out what his uh what his assist totals were. So if I'm wrong, you can find out on the Shellside pod um Twitter handle. So you can check find out there. Before, I've have to eat humble pie. No retraction next week. But uh, nah, you're not getting a retraction <laughs> from me, mate. You can find it. You can find it on the Twitter handle. If you don't see it there, then it never happened. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he but he's he's came up with he came up big for us. Like he scored an important goal against Chelsea where he won two nil. Yeah. Um White Hart Lane. I remember him scoring against um Arsenal where he came back from a goal behind to win two one. I he remember scored him three goals against, against Arsenal in his career, at least three goals. I can think of. Scored he's yeah, he's good he's good against Man City when we were down when we went one nil down, we came back to win three one. Like yeah. the thing about him is that his goals, weirdly enough, were important. Man, he like he scored he scored in big games. Yeah, he scored in big games. Like that was it. And like his legendary assist against um, AC Milan at San Siro, where he big just crouch. just sprinted like the whole length of the pitch and just squared it perfectly to Crouchy. He just took it in his stride. For that alone, like moments like that is why he's got legendary status. He he turned up at big moments. Even when he didn't really have many tricks in his, in his bag, especially for a winger, but he did it, and I respected him for it. Yeah, and Harry, I think Harry recognised the fact that he could be a threat if he came inside a little bit more and just frightened centre half of his pace, and probably didn't adapt his game enough. Maybe he was stuck in a generation just before the modern yeah. winger, um, and obviously he was an, an inverted winger and didn't really play on the left hand side too well. So, but we'll move on from Mr. Lennon to number five is oh Danny Rose, and yep. maybe Danny Rose would have been higher a year or two ago. Maybe not sure. 
No, definitely. I mean, there was a time where there was a time where Danny Rose was comfortably the best left back in the league. But was he a better left back than Carl Walker was a right back? Uh, yes. Okay, so he would have been higher then. Yeah. The thing about the thing about Danny Rose is his decline again was like very sharp and it came after he made those comments and to be honest with you a lot of Spurs fans this is going to be controversial but a lot of Spurs fans hated him after he made those comments right but yeah. how many times have we sat around and said we don't want to sign someone that we have to Google <laughs> we want to find we, we want to sign we want to sign top class players and push on to the next level Devalier. Danny Rose was speaking like a fan right and we always say oh we don't these players don't care they're not running. They're not running hard enough. They don't care for. They don't. They don't care about the badge. They need to understand that the name on the front is a bit more important than the name on the back. All that stuff. And then when Danny Rose comes and says all that stuff, people are like, "Oh, get him out of our club!" But like, you guys are idiots. You're all idiots. Yeah, that's You're very idiots. true. Dan, Danny Rose actually speaks a lot of sense in amongst his. A lot of sense. Deemed to be yeah, that, like a mental illness. I'm not going to really speak on that because that is a real thing, and this is not the time. But he does speak a lot of sense. He speaks a lot of sense, and even in that, even in that moment, talking about talking about the transfer policy, what did he say that no other fan has said in the pub, in their in their living rooms, when they meet up with friends? Like, that's what he said, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And but when Danny Rose was at his best, he was as good going forward as he was um, um, defensively. Um, I I remember watching us beat Hull three 0 at White Hart Lane. Um, I think it was the penultimate season before it got knocked down. And his little crow turn in the box of South Ericsson, like he did yeah. that because yeah, and the thing about Danny Rose is, yeah, he found he found a way to be effective. Like he wasn't Brace. blessed with like any great attributes, but he found a way to be effective. His goal against Arsenal and his debut. I mean, yes, Almunia should have done better, but it's legendary, yeah. mate. That yeah. that goal, that goal may be forgotten. And I for someone who's come from up north, if you saw Danny Rose play, you'd believe that he was born in Tottenham. Like, that's how much he gave to the club. And for me, I could, I, I could not ask any more of Danny Rose. Okay, fair enough. Number four, Delhi. Uh, Delhi Ali, I think yep. we all know his strengths. He's going through a bit of a tough time off the field but uh, at the moment. But what he has done this season, he's still got nine goals. Uh, he's the highest scoring midfielder in the Premier League. I've seen um, that stat this season. And he's having a bad season by all accounts. Um, or if you rely on XG ratings, he's having one of his best seasons. But yeah, good. <laughs> but the thing with Delhi is his goal contributions are probably only second on this or third on this list to two of the three above him in Defoe and Bell. So I think for that alone, that's all we need to say on Delhi. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's going through a tough time, and people are trying to. People are constantly talking about, oh, what does he actually do? Like, the bottom line is, Delhi wins games. That's that's it. If you want to know what he does, he wins games because when you need someone to come up with big goals, someone who's not afraid of the big moment, that's him. He's done it against exactly. Chelsea. He's done it against Man City. Madrid. He's done it. He's done it against. He's done it against Madrid. He's done it against. Um, he's done it against uh, Liverpool, playing from deep in midfield, like. Deli Ali, like he's not, he's not afraid of the limelight. And if someone gives him the opportunity to be free and play his game, yeah, of course it's easier to play when you've got Son, Ericsson and Kane around you. 
But every every good player is better when they're surrounded by better players. But he finds a way to contribute. And he's also very selfless. What he does off the ball, running and committing and committing defenders, all that kind of stuff. You have to you can't leave him alone. You have to worry about him. He's he's got class, he's got he's got that mercurial streak that great players need. And that's what makes him such an unknown quantity. But yeah, I've got a lot of time for Daniele. I hope that he continues to grow and flourish at the club. Yeah, definitely. We need we need that to happen because we're not going to be spending big this summer. So number three, Carl Walker. Yes, signed with Carl Norton. Um, yes, he was signed with Carl Norton. <laughs> two Carls from Sheffield United. Yeah. Carl Walker grew up a striker yes. and was a very raw fullback when he joined. And I think when he left, he was probably one of the best right backs in the world. And obviously was successful yeah. in our two, no, in the Mauricio Pochettino Champions League sides. And obviously went to City for 50 million yes. and has won countless trophies there. Yeah, he's, um, thing about Kyle Walker, what I loved about him is he's always known that he's a Sheffield United guy. That's always where his first love is. But he always was appreciative and passionate about the opportunity he was given at Spurs. He gave everything, um, and when he felt like, look, we've all read the book, right? So once he felt that he was no longer being considered for big games, etc., his kind of heart went a little bit. But he, I don't think he ever stopped loving um, love, loving Spurs, and we loved that about him. And when you saw him and Rose line up together, it was the first time in my life that I was confident of both flanks as a Tottenham fan. Yes. Like you, we were playing. We were playing swashbuckling football. They were both getting up and down the pitch. Like we've had, like great fullbacks. Yes, not like together. you know, but never together. No. I remember when we signed Christian Ziegler, and I was really excited, and because I thought, okay, Ziegler on one side, Stephen Carr on the other. That's a great fullback pairing. They played like three minutes together that whole season because of injuries yeah. and crap. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then we then we'd have like one off. We'd have like Asuokoto, and then we'd have like. Choluka, but he wasn't really the same because Choluka was more like positional, whereas Asuka was yeah. like flying up and down. It never, it always felt imbalanced. But when we had Walker and Rose, man, that was magic. That was a fullback pairing that anyone in the world would have paid for. Like, yeah, it was special. the best. It was the best at the time. It was the best. It was the best. Yeah. So yeah, it totally, totally agree with that. Um. So yeah. So at number at number two, who do we have? J D. Jermaine Defoe. Two spells at the club, pocket rocket, yep. absolute yep. menace, sharpshooter, goal getter, number nine. I absolutely love to remain the vote a bit. So I think he's one of the most naturally gifted strikers um, we've had at Tottenham for a long while. I know he rubs people up the wrong way sometimes, but Jermaine gets your goals or got your goals. He may not be doing it so Guaranteed. much now. Guaranteed you goals, mate. Guaranteed you goals. Like, his goal-to-game ratio is bad. It's bad. And he's just like... He's just so happy to score, man. And for someone like... He really... Like, he grew up in London and stuff. I think he grew up as an Arsenal fan, actually. I think he grew up as an Arsenal fan. But his love... His love for Spurs was crazy, man. Anytime anyone was like... The first league was he's like, yeah, I want it. Where where do I sign? (laughs) He was always ready to come back. He was always ready to come back. And it's like... He had three spells at the club. And it's like... I just feel like every time Jermaine Defoe scored, 
he was happier because he was scoring for Tottenham. He, like, his goal scorers just love to score goals, right? But if you look at the way he celebrated at any of the other places, versus the way he's, how he celebrated when he was at Spurs, the guy oh, loved yeah. us, man. And, you know, I, we I loved, believe we loved him, man. He was I, I believe that. top he European. So, yeah. And up until recently, uh, leading European um, goal scorer, obviously been overtaken by, by Kane. Oh, joint, sorry. Yeah. Obviously um, overtaken by, by Kane. But like, Jermaine Defoe did one thing and he did it really well, man. He scored goals, bro. And he and he also he played at times where he was never he got those goals, but he was never ever our first choice. Like he had a spell when him and Mido, yeah, he had a spell when him and Mido were like were like banging goals, but then he got he got superseded by Keane. Keane stayed there, and then Berbatov came in, and then we had remember when we had Berbatov, Keane. Darren Bent, Jermaine Defoe. We were like, yeah. we've got strikers for days. We had strikers Those were for the days, days and, when we had strikers. Yeah, yeah. options. It was mad. And, and Defoe still was like, he still, he never managed to make the starting berth his own. But when he played, we were confident he would score. And we, every, every fan loves Jermaine Defoe. Every fan loves Jermaine Defoe. So now we come to our, we come to our number one spot. It couldn't really go to anyone else, man. No, I don't think you can. And I think it's brilliant the fact that uh, why I like this one is because we, similar to what we did with Delhi, we recognise the talent in the lower leagues. This is when we had footballing directors. We recognise the talent. He wasn't an unknown quantity. He was known, flying fullback, left-footed, scoring goals in the championship. I think they were actually even League One. Um, and we took a punt. Five million was a lot of money then. And we got the man. His fairy tale start didn't go so well. 24 game um, noose around his neck. He literally couldn't win a game until Harry brought him on with what, 4 0 up with five minutes to go or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And the rest, I mean, the rest is all history. What he's won, obviously not at Spurs, but what he did at Spurs is legendary, legendary season. Um, that, one, that one season was the greatest individual season I've seen in the Premier League. So that's an interesting one. I want to come back to that because I saw something on Twitter the other day and they named the top 12 and Bells wasn't in there. Keynes was. Keynes 16, 17 was in there at 12. Yeah, that could have scored over 50 goals. Yeah, but Bells wasn't it's, in it's there. Hard to, it's, hard, it's hard to argue. The thing is, okay, well, we'll come back to it. Go on, carry on what you're Yeah, no, we'll come back to that. That's another pod. But yeah, I mean, Bell, I, I don't think we need to say anything. Every time we talk about greatest Spurs side or best Spurs player or most destructive Spurs player or dominant Spurs player, dominant season. It's Bell, Bell, Bell. So it's clearly number one. Just He just is and he, yeah. and he deserves to be. He is. He does. He does because there was that season he single-handedly dragged us to Champions League. He, he scored about three or four goals in the last minute, which were like screamers. Like, there have been great, there have been great individual seasons, right, where people have scored a lot of goals in, like, world machines of teams. But Tottenham was a team trying, still trying to understand what its philosophy was, its style of football was. It was trying to be functional, but still play flowing football in, um, under Andre Villas-Boas. Yeah. But the one thing you couldn't really provide a tactical plan for was Gareth Bale. You just had to go and let him have a free role. And... <laughs> Good Lord, man. And if people forget, like, he scored a lot of crazy goals with his left and right foot. 
crazy and this right thing. Foot. It's because crazy. He some mad goals with his right foot, and I was like, this guy is just like he's he's special, man. He's special, and to be honest, to to go into White Hart Lane and to see Gareth Bale play was an absolute like pleasure. I remember at the beginning of the season watching us play out a nil-nil um, draw against Man City. And Michael Richards, who was a top, top defender at the time, he yeah. had the he had a great combination of like decent, decent technical ability, but he had all the athleticism in the world. And Bale oh, tore as well him as to shreds. Well, yeah. yeah, and and Bale tore him to shreds, mate. And then I was like, nah, this is something's changed. This guy's about <laughs> it. He's he like he believes he believes. He believes he's that guy. And once that happens, good lord. West Ham three two. Oh yeah, I mean last last minute Southampton last minute screamer like you know Stoke brace like he's just special man special player. Yeah, yeah he Norwich uh, brace like yeah and obviously let's not forget the that the the two games against Inter Milan taxi for Mike on yeah, um, yeah. situation so goals against Arsenal Michael was, home and away Michael Chelsea. was literally the best. The best right back in the world at the time. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Chelsea, Chelsea scored goals in Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City. Like away at Old Trafford Bale, Bale as well. Team. Right foot. Yeah, away at Old Trafford. Yeah, right foot. That was a great goal as well. If Bale decides if the Bell decides that you're gonna get it, you're gonna get the business, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like he's coming at you, and there's you can't you can't stop him. Speed, yeah. athleticism, close control, technique. Three kicks, left foot, right foot, head up. Like, come on, man. Bill, you could easily a problem, man. You could do anything about it. You could do anything about it. But that, actually, that concludes our... Um... Sorry? No, I was just going to say, sorry. He went on to score overhead kicks in Champions League finals as well. Just, just yeah, I mean, it. magic. Yeah. 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 I mean, this this is another pod, but I think he's, he's, a, he's a better... He's a better performer... Under clutch situations or like under the bright lights when you really need to perform, then Ronaldo had been like 100%. 100%. All these times where Madrid. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm doing. I know I'm doing. And I'm fine of it because ultimately, when when Ronaldo has what has scored in those Champions League finals where um, Madrid takes, like yeah. dominated. 3 1 up, like, he scores he, a penalty and takes yeah, the shirt. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Okay. Yeah. What's that nonsense? <laughs> Whereas when you needed when you needed a goal to equalize or go ahead, Bale was the guy who delivered. It doesn't matter what the de facto facts. Yeah, it scores the header, scores, scores overhead kick, first yep. touch. Overhead you kick. have a point. Yep. You have a point, but can I just say, can you not call CR seven Ronaldo on this show, please? Okay. Uh, Cristiano, Cristiano. Yeah, there's yeah, only we, we one. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, Ronaldo. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Cristiano, when it comes when it comes down to it. He's a better club performer than Cristiano, 100%. And that's the thing about Bill. Like, he's never scared of the big moment. He did it in the most unassuming way. People, like, people now, because of his career at Madrid, they talk nonsense about him. But the bottom line is, every time they've needed him to, to perform, he's done it. And they should be really thankful to have witnessed a player like that at the Bernabeu. Yep. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so that's our top 10. And I'm just going to point out something very, very quickly. Um, before we have to get out of here. And that is, this is kind of very prevalent right now because I saw a statement from hopefully our new, at some point, technical director. And he yeah. said he enjoys buying players for between 0 to 3 million or 3 to 6 million. 
So basically cheap. And you're not going to get that value in the Premier League, especially if you're buying British. So what you need to do is to go into the lower leagues, find those gems, home and abroad. And that's what we used to do. That's what we've done with Delhi Bell. I think they're two very very good exponents or examples of that. And that's what we're going to have to do a lot more of going forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's built some great sides. So, you know, if someone's going to do it, you'd hope it would be him. Cool. Can I just say, all that's left to do is for Kwabna to lead us out. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, please remember to pass the pod, tell a friend to tell a friend. Those reviews, if you get them in, they help us out a lot. We really appreciate them. We're going to start reading out some of the reviews that we get in. So if you write a good one, we could be featuring you on the next episode. Five stars only because we only give you five star content. Um, but yeah, I think that's nothing more for me to say. Apart from follow us on the Shelf Side pod on Twitter, where we will be keeping you up to date with what's coming up on subsequent shows. But yeah, until then, it's, um, it's good night for me. And it's good night from me. Run the outro. Where the show side, where the show side, where the show side, talking in.